saw the T-Rod. Microphones of Madness is a member of the Legends of Tabletop Broadcasting Network. So there. Yeah. There. Um, yeah, it's Saturday nights, Microphones of Madness. I'm Rodney, and here's Steve. I'm back, baby. He's back. He's back. Back from the dead. We, we tried to have the Steve Rosenstein Memorial episode, but uh, turns out he wasn't dead. And as always, it's Kim. Say hello, everyone, Kim. Hello. I'm the one who turned him into a newt. Okay. Build the bridge out of her. Now, a couple things we got to get out of the way before we get into tonight's topic, which is Legends of Tomorrow. Mm -hmm. uh, first off, a moderately good friend of the show and constant target of our abuses and <laughs> ridicule. He is a member of Monday Night Heroes. He is a member of Monday Night yes. Heroes. He is the our our the baby of our dysfunctional family. And <laughs> And today is his birthday. So we want to we want to say happy birthday to Nick Nicario. Nick Nicario. Happy birthday. The greatest thing about Nick Nicario, honestly, aside from the fact that he's Nick Nicario, mm -hmm. is that he works for Chaosium. So he has all these connections to all these people and he hangs out with us. Right. Right. So and he puts up with our shit like a champion. Happy birthday, Nick. Happy birthday, Nick. We love you, man. And fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> now, speaking of Chaosium, and the reason I had to tell Nick to fuck off is uh, I, went to, I went to bed this morning after coming home from work, woke up, and there was a, a gift waiting for me on my desk. Wow, wow, um, wow, wow. Um, it's just like a blues song right now. Yeah, and a, a nice little present from, from another friend of the show, a member of Friday Fungi, Mr. Pete Rollick. Uh, he sent me a copy of Edge of Sundown. Which now, is, now, now. now, however, if you look in this lower corner here, that says Chaosium. Why did Nick Nicario not tell me about this book? It's... Tales of horror in the Wild West. I mean, it's horror, it's westerns. You know, at some point, Rodney, you have to do your own homework. That's what I have a team for. That's I, what I have a team for. I, I, traveled, I, book. I traveled back from the year 2166 to a simple <laughs> team. Well, I'll tell you, there's if your problem. My my problem is is that I assembled a team of losers. <laughs> Your problem is is that that the team that you assembled has become dumbed down as an ensemble. No, <laughs> uh, this is this is how this is how this show is going to go, ladies and gentlemen. Put your gloves on. It's time to talk about Legends of Tomorrow. After we tell you about our new Twitter crap. Oh yes, we have Twitter. We have Twitter now at Mad Mikes. Uh, we actually I have the Twitter screen open now, so if you guys are watching and you want to 
tweet us and tell us how wrong we are or to tell Steve to fuck off and, you know, whatever, or to say happy birthday to Nick Nicario. Everybody is not on your side. They are. Incorrect. I paid them, so yeah, they are. Oh, you paid them. Yes. Okay. So yeah, we do have we do have a Twitter. Um, we have we have two Twitter accounts actually. We have one for microphones of madness, which is at Mad Mikes. Um, we have one for Monday Night Heroes, which Steve operates that one. And yeah, that's the cool one. It's Mun Night Heroes at Mun Night Heroes. That's the cool one. Yeah. So yeah. Join join the Microphones Madness Media Empire. That's right. Mm-hmm. With your twits and tweets and twats and twops. Because you are our only hope at saving the future. That's true. Yes. We can't do it because we're screwballs. We need you. You've heard us. Yes. <laughs> if you don't like the show, then uh, Trump wins. Oh, God. If you do like the show, then Vandal Savage wins. Oh, Vandal shit. Savage for president. You're fucked either way. A leader for all time. Why choose the lesser evil? That's right. Let's let's not choose the lesser evil. So, Legends of Tomorrow for... Okay, so first off, the, the, the thing you have to know about Legends of Tomorrow is that it is not a show for new viewers. You have yeah. to have watched... All four seasons of Arrow and the first two well, seasons of The Flash. Well, not, to familiarize yourself with the characters, you, you kind of do. Yeah, least, but I think actually that is detrimental to watching it because they changed the characters so much. Somewhat, somewhat. I mean, we'll 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 get into that in a second. Um. The show is about a time traveler named Rip Hunter who travels from the year 2166 where Vandal Savage has conquered the world. And that's Vandal, not Randall. That's right, Vandal Savage. Oh, yeah. If he ever says, oh, yeah, I might have to quit the show. (laughs) Um, Happy birthday, Nick. Time traveler Rip Hunter travels back to 2016 to a symbol... Assemble a team of eight heroes to travel through time and combat Vandal Savage to prevent his rise to power and eventual conquest of the Earth. Right. And just in case you didn't know, Vandal Savage is an immortal. So always has been. Always has been since since way back. When did Vandal Savage debut? In the comics. Yeah, well, like I want to say in. Justice Society sometime, probably in like the fifties. Let's look. All right. Keep and while you're doing that, I'll, uh, I'll do this. the The team he assembles are minor characters from Flash and the Arrow. He grabs Ray Palmer, also known as the Atom. Um, Sarah Lance, the former League of Assassins, former girlfriend of Oliver Queen. I was way off. <laughs> what sixties? Nope, Green Lantern number 10 from 1943. Wow. He's been around. Yeah, he is immortal. An Alan Scott um, villain. Hmm. That's interesting. 
Now, we have, uh, as I said, Ray Palmer, the Adam. We have uh, Sarah Lance, who is now going by the moniker White Canary. She is the sister of uh, Laurel Lance on Arrow, the Black Canary. And she is indeed white. Her costume is more of an off-white. No, she's a cracker. Yeah, she's definitely a cracker. Um, we have uh, Hawkman, Carter Hall, um, and, oh my god, I forgot her real name, Kendra Saunders, Hawk Girl, Firestorm, uh, Martin Stein, and Jefferson Jackson. And also in this team are Captain Cold, Leonard Snart, and uh, Mick Rory, Heatwave. So all minor heroes with the exception of Cold and Heatwave who are Flash villains. Now, okay, now Steve. Is. Who is that? Is that Captain Cold? That's Captain Cold. <laughs> nice. That was a Christmas present. My... Logan gave that to me for Christmas. Nice. I like. I have, a, I have a big man crush on Wentworth Miller, apparently. Now, yeah, Wentworth Wentworth Miller must have a hell of a dental plan because he is chewing the fucking shit out of the scenery in this show. But he, he but he does that on the Flash as well. Yeah, and he's, in my opinion, he Captain Cold is the best character of all four of these shows. I'm including Supergirl. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Captain Cold is definitely definitely a, a, a great character. Wentworth Miller's portrayal of Captain Cold is fantastic. There's just there's just something about the way he carries himself when he puts on that parka. And he's just like, ah. He's just suave and cool and and, and deadpan and Yeah. And he's you can tell he's like kind of He's got better things to do. Always has better things to do. No matter what he's doing. Right. Even if he's doing do. even if he's doing what he wants to do, he's got yeah. better things to do. Yes. <coughs> um yeah, okay. So we have we have that. Um now Steve mentioned that these characters they have changed them up a little bit from from their portrayals in the other in the other shows. And we'll we'll I guess we'll go down the roster, and and let Steve complain about the roster. Shall we go with the most egregious first? No, we we're gonna start we're gonna start with Ray Palmer. Okay. So so which Ray actually Palmer, is the most egregious. Oh really? Okay. <laughs> so so Ray Palmer, um, if, if you watch Arrow, Ray Palmer in a lot of ways was kind of the almost like comic relief sidekick of Arrow. He, he was he he had a lot of uh, the same personality traits as Felicity Smoke. Uh, talks when he, he he's awkward. He's you know he talks a lot. It Usually, he's as cute an though. Over educated nerd is how they yeah. right. Um, maybe a guy who at one point in his life was introverted and makes a concerted effort not to be. Right. Okay. Now on. Legends of Tomorrow. He is he is the team's optimist, but in a dope in a really dopey way. Yeah, he he, he does get kind of is he's kind of dopey. He's uh, he's you know, adorable. They, is what he is. Well, yeah. The, the thing he's, is, on, 
on Arrow, he was overconfident. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it cost him. In this, they turned that overconfidence into recklessness. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and I guess because they wanted to portray Stein as the overconfident one. Which they've made a big plot point of that. So we'll right. we'll go into Martin Stein next. So uh, Martin and, Stein. And okay. I, I was just I'm just saying that that doing that to Stein is to the detriment of Ray Palmer. Right. Um, now because now Ray Palmer is kind of he's pining, he's whining about not being a significant force in the in history. Right. And right. he he drops his. Uh, Part of his his atom suit, which allows uh, Savage to gain technology that he shouldn't have access to, and he he says that his parents had the same security system that goes right for the dummy box. Right. So it's I don't think the Ray Palmer portrayed in the Arrow would have done any of that. Well, he he may have, but you know you also have to think that Ray Palmer is. Is as a superhero, we know he's been operating as the Atom for a little while. Uh, he was out of action most of uh, season four, but you know he's still he's still kind of on the inexperienced side. And they play up the inexperienced part, where a lot of these crew, a lot of the crew, is used to this type of teamwork and 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 these sorts of things. Maybe with the exception of, of, of Jax. But, you know, he's he's kind of he wants to be more important than than he's being allowed to be at the moment. Uh, which brings us which brings us to Martin Stein. Um, Martin Stein is a nuclear physicist. He is half of the entity known as Firestorm. Um, multiple PhD physicist. Brainiac. Brainiac, brilliant scientist. He is he is technically the other if if Ray Palmer is the electrical or mechanical engineer of of the group, Martin Stein is the theoreticist. Right. Um and in Flash, because he's from Flash. And he's from Flash. He had the same kind of the same role. Mm-hmm. As um, Palmer did in Arrow, right, right. Although his his role wasn't quite as comedic, although some of his observations usually were. Right, and it wasn't as big. Right, I mean, Ray Palmer was a whole uh, a whole season. Mm-hmm. And Martin Stein just kind of drips in and out of the Flash. Right, as they need somebody because you can't really have Martin Stein and Harrison Wells. And Jay Garrick all in the same room at the same time. Right. And Cisco Ramon. Right. And Caitlin and, Stone. And, and Barry Allen, for that matter. And Barry Allen. You can't have all these guys in the same room and then go, okay, why why are you having a problem figuring this out? Right. Because that, you know, that group, the Flash itself as a television series, is kind of the brain trust of the DC television universe. Right. The, all the smartest characters are on that show. Exactly. With the exception of Felicity. And Ray Palmer. Right. Um, okay, so, yeah, Martin Stein, he's, he's he, you know, he, like we said, he's he's one of the brainiacs. He's a, he's a theoreticist. 
Um, he's also very uh, arrogant. Yes. And and uh, again, willing to take a lot of risks for the excitement of just the experience to, of traveling through time. Well, who wouldn't? Well, it's true. Um, who doesn't so want to see doctors? The other half of the other half of Firestorm wouldn't actually. Right. The well, other half of Firestorm, <laughs> we have uh, is Jefferson Jackson. He's uh he's an auto mechanic from Central City. Uh, Ex-football player. Uh, he's what? This is uh, he's the second incarnation of Firestorm yeah. in the comics. He's uh, also yeah, the Ronnie second. Raymond in, was yeah. the first. Right, and if you've been watching Flash, Ronnie Raymond died, and I think the first well, or second episode he disappeared into the vortex. Well, well, actually, he came back as uh, the actor came uh, Ronnie Amell. I think his name is. Came back as uh, Deathstorm. Well, not yet. Well, he's coming back as Deathstorm. He's coming back as Deathstorm. Now, okay, so Jefferson Jackson uh, is is kind of there against his will. Uh, Stein, at first. at first, Stein slipped him a, a Mickey in, in a toast where he was, you know, pretending to go, you know, that he would go and leave Jax behind. Slipped him a Mickey, dragged him along. I don't know if that's in Stein's character to do something. Um, I think I think that uh, you're right. It's not necessarily in Stein's character, but it also demonstrates the lengths to which he would go to for this experience. And he had an idea that Firestorm would be useful. And and so far, and so far, Firestorm has been very useful. He has. I'm going to walk back my statement just for a second and say maybe it is indicative of the lack of respect that Stein has for, um, what's his name, Jefferson? Jefferson Jackson. They just for, call him Jax. Okay, for, for Jax. Because if you recall in the Flash episode where Jax became part of the Firestorm Matrix, mm-hmm. um, Stein didn't want him to... to no, Stein, Stein wanted, wanted the guy. other guy who was also a nuclear physicist. They were very intellectually compatible, um, and and that was one of the. But that's one of the tropes of Firestorm, is that they are you know the odd couple, right? You know, and and that's and they're they're playing that angle. They are the odd couple. There, there is a. It makes a kind of sense. You got brains and you've got brawn. Well, is, yeah, to a, to an extent. I mean, you know, Stein's got all the is all the mental, and and Jax is kind of like he's the energetic one of the bunch, and he is kind of reckless. And if you really think about it, since they share a mind, part of the time, you know, maybe Jax is rubbing off on Stein a little bit. That could be it. And and of course, Stein being this massive intellect with a little. Uh, with a little recklessness, he becomes dangerous. <laughs> and and he, he, so far, he's been pretty dangerous. Um, okay, so we've talked about Jefferson Jackson. We'll, we'll probably, baby. yep, we'll talk about we'll talk about him a little bit more since uh, he's he's been a major focus of the first two episodes. Um, third is Sarah uh, Sarah Lance White Canary. Um, 
She was the focus of the Constantine episode of Arrow. Which I still have to watch. Did you still think to... that the bar that she first appears in was the set from uh, Raiders? I, I think that was kind of what we were supposed to think. You know that it's it's quite. Although the bar is on the opposite bar. side of the room. There's only one bar in all of cinematic Tibet. Right, and it would be it would have been so much fun for like an elderly Marion to have come out like, "Yeah, no fighting in my bar." <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, she she's she's in because she is the martial arts expert. She's she's the the fighter, um, and an assassin. She's a trained assassin. She's you know she's there. She's um, soul searching because she just soul searching, right? She she was she's been dead. She's trying to figure out who she is again, and uh, she gets recruited for this team. Uh, then we have uh, Hawkman and Hawk Girl, who are the catalyst for the entire show. Uh, Shaira and and Khufu, reincarnated through time, bound at the spiritual level with Vandal Savage, is which has got to suck. Yeah. When did that become a thing in the comics? Um, I don't I don't know if it's a thing in the comics. I it think is, it's it is because um. It's part of the plot point of uh, Brightest Day. Okay. That they are forever being reincarnated. And their th the thing they had in Brightest Day was um, whenever they realized that they were destined to love each other throughout eternity, then they would die. And I don't right. think I don't think Vandal Savage had anything to do with with this. No, they they they've added Vandal Savage into into their that story, I guess, to make kind of a triangle, because Savage loved Shaira and right. was jealous of Khufu, and Khufu and Shaira were true lovers. They mined the mummy reboot, kinda in, in a way, and it was it was an okay way to get it in there because they it's also tied in with Vandal Savage's actual origin, where it's the radiation from the meteor that that right. sets this off. So, you know, it's kind of like they took Hawkgirl, Hawkman, that storyline, Vandal Savage's storyline, mashed them up and came up with something, you know, that, yeah, is kind of like the mummy, but still, you know, it's it's pretty convincing. I, I like it. I, I like that angle. Because it's only – because Shira is necessary to the plot because only Shira's hand can kill Vandal Savage. Well, with that dagger. With that dagger. And now, yeah, only there. Um, okay, so we have Hawkman. How do they know what can kill him? Do what? How do they know what can kill him? Well, it has to be one if of the he's Hawks. immortal. All right, it, it has, has to be one of the Hawks because their destinies are bound. Plot. Okay. Right. I mean, Rip Hunter. Comply. Rip Hunter has access to all the information that they are going that we are going to be privy to over the course of the series. He had all that from the beginning. And he's just doling it out to us in little bits and pieces. I think we were told that during the Vandal Savage crossover, crossover of Flash and Arrow. Well, we were told that it was one of the artifacts because they used St Savage's staff right. the first time. And now it's the dagger that Carter Hall gifted to Shaira. Or Kendra, rather. 
She's Kendra now. And Kendra Saunders, if I recall correctly, is the Earth 2 version of Hawkgirl. In the comics. Right. Um, so we have the we have those two. They're you know necessary for the plot, and they do something really interesting with Hawkman in the second episode. We'll get to that. Uh, the next character. Let's That'll see. be a spoiler. That that will be a spoiler. So turn it so off now. The Hawks. The record for you. <laughs> I, I'm supposing, and I suppose that we're 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 down to the the rogues now. Um. Captain Cold and Heatwave, they are, you know, we have to kind of mention them in together because, like, Hawkman and Hawkgirl, they're kind of like a single unit. Shit, they've been a single unit for a long time. Prison break. <laughs> right. Uh, Wentworth Miller and, uh, shoot, who's the other Dominic guy? Purcell. Dominic Purcell. Um, yeah. I, whoever, whoever came up with that casting decision is fucking brilliant. They really are. Because those two guys are so comfortable together. They are. And they, 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 they just have that natural chemistry. And when they act in as, as Heatwave and Captain Cold, they really do have a kind of a fire and ice kind of personality. And it, they are perfect. I mean, give whoever cast that, give them a raise. Because they deserve it. Now... Captain Cold on The Flash is the epitome of the name. He's cold. He's calculating. He is sarcastic. He has an honor. He has honor. Um, Heatwave is pretty much a thug who follows whatever Captain Cold says. Right. Thug with a heat gun. With a heat gun. Now, Steve, you can go into how they, what they did to Captain Cold. Because I I know you this is what you've been waiting for. Yeah, they just uh, they made him comic relief, and that kind of ticks me off. I you know I think he was a little bit in the first episode. I think he was more his main Captain Cold in, in the persona second, in the second. In the second episode, when they were getting the dagger, he was definitely more Captain Cold than he was in the first episode, where he was just kind of. Kind of there. Yeah, it, it didn't. It, you really didn't know why he was there. Right. Right. Well, he, actually, he knows why he's there because. Well, he knows he's going to rob the Mona Lisa. Well, you know, they didn't go out to the the university because nobody needed to be beat up, killed, robbed, or otherwise had nasty things done to them. Right. Captain Cold understands that he is there. Specifically for the person to be one of the people involved in the dirty work. And he seems to be okay with that. Well, yeah, he's, he, he, he likes dirty work. He likes dirty work. He, well, <clears throat> here's my own contention. I'm Flash. Mm -hmm. Captain Cold is a criminal mastermind. Right. Mastermind. Mm -hmm. He's not a thug. He should be planning some of the, the moves they're making. Right. It shouldn't be, okay, we need you to rob the dagger. Go rob the dagger. He should he should be the one who, who But he's also he's also a career criminal who is used to working in a team 
and he understands that Rip Hunter is the boss. And he's also kind of biding his time until they can get hold of this time travel technology and use it. That's true. I'm sure he's probably going to pull a pull a fast one, probably around the mid-season point. Probably that'll probably he might appear to be siding with Savage. Because yeah. because if there's if there is a weak point in that team, it's going to be the fact that Cold and Heatwave are criminals. And although Cold is not evil, that's that's a very important distinction to make. Is that Captain Cold is a criminal, but he is not evil. No. Vandal he, Savage he, is evil. Right. Yeah, I mean he robs people because he doesn't like to work and loves money. Right. As eloquently stated by Heatwave. Yes. So now we're we're only two episodes in. Uh, so that's that's two hours. That's effectively a movie. I think the second episode pulled it off a little bit better than the first. The first kind of like you know really it was very clunky. The first one was clunky, but you know if you're putting together a team that's eight members, I mean, and this is a huge you know main cast for a television series mm-hmm. with with nine primary characters. Ten counting Vandal Savage, you know, and you throw them into this like fantastic circumstance, you know, if if our group of nine were to be suddenly cast onto a time machine, even though we all have our special talents that we've been recruited for, we would be flailing around like idiots for a little while ourselves. Well, you mean like falling off each other day one, falling off fire escape, falling off fire escapes. Anything like that, you know, it's it's it progresses a lot like, you know, any type of team. You know, you can't. I. It's it's almost like. Well, you gotta find your happy medium between yourselves. Well, yeah, but you, but it's also kind of the antithesis of the Avengers. The Avengers were working well together. What forty five minutes into the movie? Where yes, pretty the Avengers much, needed no team training. Right. However, you know, the Legends of Tomorrow and Legends of Tomorrow really you can kind of compare it it can run comparisons to Avengers. I think. That was better than either of the Avengers movies. Well, yeah, it is. And and tonally it's different it's completely different from uh Flash and Arrow. It's you know, it they didn't bar they didn't they could have taken the arrow tone with it and made it like very dark and sinister and and you know that sort of thing or they could have went with kind of the flash but they they took a third option and they made I I think they made it to be a little bit lighter than flash and a lot of the that old classic uh, odd science fiction stories type of thing you know it's just, it's it's science fiction. It's kind of campy and. It, it run definitely with it. had more of a comic book pacing and feel to it than the other shows do, especially mm-hmm. like at the auction where they're firing their guns in the air to to, to indicate. Right. Bidding. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and, just like, that's, waste of ammo. And, and 
and I'm and I'm loving this this use of these panning shots as well that were you know they're they get outed at this at the auction and they you know he waves can I burn something now I hope you I wish do. you would I wish you would yeah. <laughs> and then and then all hell breaks loose and then fucking the atom has been in Martin Stein's pocket the whole time and he comes out and he starts kicking ass and and then firestorm you know Jax gets there and they turn into firestorm and and it's after just a, a brief just, argument after a brief argument which is which is kind of their thing and then they do these panning shots where you see you know the atom and firestorm weaving in and out and then you have you know white canaries doing her thing and you know heat wave captain cold or doing their thing and and it's just kind of fun to see and it does it has that feeling of a comic book and it's like every time they do that kind of panning shot it's like panels in a comic right or the big splash page or a big splash page the big splash page was in the first episode when firestorm and adam shot out of the wave rider right that was that was a splash you can page. almost see the the kirby the kirby mm -hmm. Bubbles, mm -hmm. and it, it does. It you know what? While Arrow and, and the Flash primarily focus on the human drama, and there is a lot of human drama in those shows. Yes. Uh, Legends of Tomorrow just says, you know what? We're going to have some human drama, but we're going to we're going to go out and we're going to do this. We're going to do this big, and. And everything's it just has a it's a it's a different scale, it's a different uh, tone, and 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 I like it. I think it's a, it's a nice change of pace, and I like kind of seeing the different aspects of some of these characters. Although I will admit, Ray Palmer gets a little obnoxious. Um, last but not least, we haven't covered this character yet, and it's an actor that Kim and I are more familiar with than you are. And that is Rip Hunter. Uh, he's played by Arthur Darville of Doctor Who fame. He played Rory Williams. And familiar. I have no idea who you're talking about. Exactly. <laughs> so, right. you know, we've. I, what, Arthur Darville is one of the things that sold me on this show, other than, like, having Cold and Stein and, and stuff like that. Really? In there. It wasn't the fact that their time machine looks like the Millennium Falcon? No. And no. moves like the Millennium Falcon. No, that's just icing on the cake. <laughs> yeah, that's just icing on the cake. You know, Three Star Wars through. references. Just in the first episode. Yeah, Boba Fett, Darth Vader, and the Millennium Falcon. Yep. We go out for one lousy drink and you pick a fight with Boba Fett. <laughs> Captain Cold watch Star Wars. <laughs> Gotta love it. It's, kind of a, it's a nice little needle on uh, Disney. Yeah, Warner Brothers or Marvel. DC. Well, they have they've taken the CW Guggenheim and, and Berlanti have taken a couple of shots at Marvel over the uh, over the, recently. Uh, there was the, the the throwaway line in the crossover uh, superheroes in a farmhouse. It feels like a movie I've seen. Right. <laughs> you know that was an obvious shot at. At uh, Age of Ultron, yeah, and so we've had a couple Star Wars references in there, and yeah, it's just it, the show itself is a lot of fun. So we the first episode, 
you know, everybody's fumbling around. Um, they manage to pull it off when it's when the shit hits the fan with with Kronos the bounty hunter. But even then, they they lose Shaira uh, and and Khufu's son from a past life. Right, Wes. Right. Right. The Professor the Wesley Wesley. character. <laughs> Professor Wesley. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, the second episode, we see them kind of kind of working more as a team. We see them splitting off into different units to do certain tasks right. that are suited for or their specific skill. Or not do. But you have... But they, they throw in the, the one character on each unit that should, really shouldn't be there. Right. Like, Ray Palmer should not have gone on the heist with... On the caper. On the caper. That should have been White Canary. Yeah. White Canary instead went with Jax and Stein to visit Stein's younger self. Right. Which Stein probably shouldn't have done that. That should have been Ray Palmer. Yeah, that was the old. That was the doobie scene. Yeah. Kids don't do drugs. Yeah, don't do drugs. Right. Although, although White Canary does get a nice little one. I could be unconscious and beat up a bunch of rental thugs. <laughs> She's also the one who swipes the doobies. Right. She and swipes the doobies off of Young Martin Stein's desk. Um, she's and turning out to be kind of a really... Their words, not mine. I don't say doobie, mm-hmm. they said doobie. They said it. They said doobies. Let's spark a doobie and talk physics. It's 1975. I guess that's a proper terminology. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Good thing that Martin Stein wasn't a fan of, of, of uh, William Burroughs. <laughs> yeah. Now... They they have been including a little bit of music in there with these seventies episodes. You know, we had Captain Antoniel in the first episode. Yeah. And what was what was the song they threw into the second episode? Um, well, the first episode also when they first showed up in the seventies, they were playing a nice little funk number, but I can't remember which one. Right. Yeah. Oh. Uh, God. Wasn't Earth, Wind, and Fire? It was it, it was either Earth, Wind, and Fire or the Ohio Players. Right. This episode we got the tra- the Tramps, I think it is, Disco Inferno. Yeah, that's Disco. That's not fun. Right, but they got uh, there was another ep- there was another one in there too. But turns out that uh, they've borrowed several elements from Doctor Who. I mean, you know, that's going to be one of the big comparisons. They're going to be compared to the Avengers. They're going to be compared to Doctor Who. And Rory Williams did, or Rory, see, there I go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Arthur Darvel. <laughs> Arthur Darvel uh, definitely picked up some some mannerisms from his time with Matt Smith. There, there are. I mean, his hair is kind of similar, and he just these little. He picked up the penchant for a long coat, which the long coat, which well, you know, long coats are long coats. Long coats, long coat, and laser revolver. I like the laser revolver. Yeah, it is kind of cool. The laser revolver was awesome. Right. Something tells me that Rip Hunter likes to spend a lot of time in the Old West. Hmm. Uh, yeah, so 
you know, they, they, the first two episodes have been in the 70s. Oh, here you go. What about that fucking Damien Dark camo, cameo? Yeah, that was cool. I know everybody, and I don't know you. Right. Mm. And it is, at first they made it seem like it was just going to be like a total throwaway cameo with him just walking through the shot in the background. But it's like, turns around and Martin Stein and company are like face-to-face with the big bad of Arrow this season and Vandal Savage. <laughs> like the two most powerful beings outside of, of Zoom in right. the DC universe. Right, are just like right there in Martin Stein's face. And yeah, that was that was good. And now, how many shows kill a main cast member in the second episode. Because, spoiler alert, uh, Carter Hall dies. I can't say that I'm disappointed. No, he's kind of mushmouth. He's a douchebag. Hawkman has always been a douchebag character. If right. he's not written as a douchebag, you're not writing him right. He's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he is kind of a dick. And, and I think it... He he became the Coulson, I guess. Here's your here's another Avengers comparison. He became the Coulson. He's the guy. You know, Savage killed one of our own. Now we have a reason to fight. Right. Even Captain Cold. You know, because he was looking at the team as a crew. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "You kill one of my crew, you're gonna pay. You're gonna pay." And that's the way he's looking at it. And you know, Savage had a gun to. The heat wave's head—that's that's enough to piss, you know, put heat wave on him. But pretty much everybody is there now. Is like, okay, we've lost one of our own. We got to pull it together. Now we have a common Do I think that's going to last? Yeah. What Carter Hall being dead? Yeah. The only thing they can do because the mechanic they've installed in 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 the crossover and I think in the early early parts of the episodes is that he cannot reincarnate until Shira dies. So they're in a time shift, though. a little awkward. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're in a time shift. Couldn't they find some other version of him? Well, yeah. yeah. Isn't, isn't there, like, a wonky time excuse happening? Um, they could. <laughs> right. Well, they could. We're going to do an episode on that. About wonky <laughs> time excuses? No, I've I've actually had. I know you've been writing a thing. Mm-hmm. But with with actual scientific theories that explain it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they could encounter Carter Hall in the past. Um. Now that now that oh, we've it established would be a, a different name, they could. Right. Possibly... It would. It it would be Khufu. In one of his other reincarnations, right? They could possibly must, encounter the guy from the twenties that was Wes's dad, right? Or Doctor West, right? And um, they they can also they've established that one can go on without the other, so we could find Carter Hall again at a time when he and she is, wasn't alive. That, that she dies first. 
Generally speaking, though, they they, they they try to establish that they both die together every time. But Well, that's because Vandal Savage kills them together every time. Right. And he might have done that, except that now there's a team. Right. They, it, Yeah, Shaira would have died in the second episode as well if Ray Palmer and company, it was Ray Palmer, yeah. uh, hadn't showed up and blasted him when he did. So, yeah. Oh, what do you think about the Firestorm suit? I like the Firestorm suit. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. very... Actually, very it looks like... Adaptive. It looks like Firestorm. Yeah, it's it's a it's a great adaptation of the of the classic yellow and red. It comics. actually look. It's probably the suit that looks the most like its source material. Mm-hmm. On the entire on any of the sh- well, with the exception of Supergirls. Well, right, and the and, and, and Cold's goggles and and parka. Yeah, I mean the only the only real difference is is that he he doesn't wear the hood up all the time. Right. Um. What is up with his hair, by the way? I think they do that just with the fact that it's frosted or it, that it's like... It changes. That sometimes it's frosted and like sometimes it's not. Hmm. You know, I don't know if that's just like a... I don't know if that's like a production gaffe or if that's just something that, you know, maybe something going on with the, you know being exposed to the cold gun or something like that. I don't know. But sometimes his hair is more frosted than than other times. Um, so one of the interesting things that I found is that Jonah Hex has been confirmed to appear on the show, so the guys will be going back to the Old West. Right on. At, at some point. Everybody's gone back to the Old West whenever they do time travel. Batman and Went back. That's because it's 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 a a fun thing to do, I guess. It's a nice nice place to visit, right? Gives you an excuse to do do costuming, right? Have a gunfight. And have a gunfight. Although that's so costumes and gunfights have uh, not. There's there's been plenty of those in in this show. (laughs) Um. But uh, yeah, they're going to go back to the old west and meet up with Jonah Hex, which is. I wonder if they'll like do more of the DC Western heroes. Well, like, uh, like Batlash. Batlash. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's possible. El Diablo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they may they may. That would be. I mean, cool. truthfully, traveling through time, we have the ability to see so many characters now. That's true. That are not shoehorned in. Like, like the Flash has been doing a lot of great things, putting in cameos of different characters. No Mirror Master. No Mirror Master yet. Well, I'm sure he's coming. But you know, taking characters out. You know, they Linda Park as Doctor Light, even though the Establisher is not being a metahuman. So they just brought her over from Earth Two. And now that we're traveling through time, we can see heroes from the 50s, from the Old West, and, and things of this nature. Well, right. Aren't we going to have, on the Flash, aren't we going to have uh, Killer Frost from Earth 2? Yep. Killer Frost is uh, partnered up with Deathstorm. Yeah. Is that this coming week? 
Um, I think so. I, I think that's coming up. It's coming up soon. It might be this week. It might be next week. Um, and Vixen will be making her debut on Arrow soon in live action. And she has a costume as well, so they are following the uh, the animated series timeline where she is already active. So that animated gonna, series was great. It was. It was. <clears throat> and the, the actress playing Vixen live action is the voice actress from the animated series. Right Very cool. So... So watch out for those CW animated series because uh, they might try to sneak stuff past you, apparently. Um, so, yeah, I mean, overall, you, we've gotten two hours of it so far. Now, one thing I want to say before we go into our thumbs up, thumbs down, and meh is that Legends of Tomorrow, you know, regardless of what you say, that's... This is going to be my Justice League, I think. Because they have proven that they can do a superhero show, they can do an ensemble cast without the subject matter being Frank Miller's used toilet paper. <laughs> True that. You know, I mean, that show, I'm, it is the polar opposite of what Suicide Squad and Batman vs. Superman are going to be. Ugh. I'm, I, you know, I'm really grateful that these shows are going on. I feel the same way about them that I feel about Daredevil and Jessica Jones on Netflix. Right. It gives people who like story and character development, even if they screw up the character development on the second series, something to look forward to as opposed to just, like, two hours of nonsensical, complete and utter violence for no reason except to have nonsensical, complete and utter violence. And I'm, I'm talking about Suicide Squad mm -hmm. and Dawn of, Dawn of Justice and the Avengers movies because, like, to me, none of that has the spirit of what these comic books are about. Right. And they're they're money grabs to cash in, and they're they're having a, an ill effect on the actual comics because the comics are trying to move towards the movie universe, right? Uh, because that's what makes money, right? Right. Television television is a great medium for for this type of material. Well, we've said this before, and we've said we repeatedly, and it is because. Like a comic book, it is it's serialized, which means you know, and episodic, which means you can have an episode that is the big action set piece, and then you can have an episode which is the character development, you know, people you know talking to each other, dealing with their various issues. Also, you can get people writing and directing who don't overshadow the thing itself. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So you, you don't have your Joss Whedon's and Zack Snyder's. Right. Because you don't need them. And that's not going to sell people watching it. Now, isn't isn't Kevin Smith going to do an episode of... Um, Who cares? 
Right, but I mean, he's doing an episode of which one? Flash? Uh, I don't know. I just hope he doesn't cock it up too much. Well, I mean, depends. It have depends. you read? Have you read any any of his comics? Uh, I've read Guardian Devil. Okay. All right. I didn't. I didn't that read was, any of his Arrow run or anything. Actually, his run on Arrow, Green Arrow, was good. Right. Quiver. Quiver. Quiver was good. The one with Onomatopoeia, not so much. The Spider-Man one was garbage. Right. Um, the Batman, whew, man. The ever-widening gyre. Mm-hmm. And then another one with Onomatopoeia. His Batman ones were horrible. Uh, the Daredevil one was eh. It was all right. Right. Well, I mean, he did, in, in the Guardian Devil, he did a lot of things that focused on Matt Murdock's character. Yeah. There's a that heavy, heavy religious influence. Yeah, and and I think I think Guardian Devil is really what kind of solidified that aspect of the character. So yeah, Guardian Devil was dogma for Daredevil fans. Yeah. So um yeah, whatever. But but you're right. You're get, you're getting folks you know, writing, directing, even even the actors themselves. You know, it's not Robert Downey Jr., Scarlett Johansson. You know, these these right. huge marquee names, with the exception of Mark Ruffalo, he was mostly and went with Miller. Right there, you are. <laughs> Wentworth Miller. I I, I would say I, have I a think Wentworth Miller action figure. Thank you. Yes. I, I I think I want one of those now. <laughs> put him up, put him up with my John Constantine, and they can uh, they can argue. Ooh, I'd like to see that. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you know, the they're not getting these huge actors. I mean, Brandon Ralph is he's, I mean he's probably the biggest thing they have. Right, he's the, he's the biggest thing they have, and he's most known for playing the world's shittiest Superman. <laughs> you know? I thought Carvel was the world's shittiest Superman. No, Ralph, I think, gets, still gets lambasted for, for well, Superman Returns. You know, it's funny. Speaking of Kevin Smith and Brandon Ralph, <laughs> that scene and uh. Zach and Mary make a point <laughs> where he plays the the lover, the gay films, the gay male porn star. Mm-hmm. Ah, that's my favorite scene in any of Kevin Smith's movies. Um, now, what happened to Mr. Terrific? What did happen to Mr. Terrific? They showed up on the. Christmas episode, the the, the mid season finale of Arrow, but he's he's been missing for like four episodes, five episodes before that. Just yeah, what disappeared? What, what gives with that? Yeah, he just kind of fell out of the plot. Hmm. Weird. Yeah. Hopefully. I, don't know, I haven't gotten there yet. So. And how how did they not call Felicity Warren? <laughs> I knew they had the throwaway line. Right. That it's taken. But come on, everything else in Arrow is is basically seventies Batman. Why wouldn't they make her Oracle? Make her Oracle. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they were just they didn't want to go that 
that far. That obvious? Yeah, because, I mean, think about the neckbeard's reaction. Fuck <laughs> the neckbeard's. Because, I mean, Felicity Smoke. No, I was very neckbeardish about, about uh, Legends of Tomorrow. <laughs> um, Felicity Smoke has become, in, in fan circles, one of the most reviled characters on the show. Really? Oh, yeah. God. Anytime. I I, I'm an idiot because I don't follow fan sites for any of this. Me neither. So I'm completely out of the loop. But she's a fine character. You're like, hey, I like Felicity. She, she is. She's a fine character. She's continually demonstrating what a strong character can be in a, in a superhero drama. But for some reason, she, she's just absolutely hated after season three. Right. I, I don't know. I, nobody's even the argument isn't even being made that Oliver should be hooking up with, with Laurel because the comic book relationship has always been Green Arrow and Black Canary. Not in the new fifty two. No, there's they're separated from each other by distance and story. But classically speaking and probably age. Yeah. I think I think this green arrow is a little bit older. But okay, so Legends of Tomorrow, thumbs up, thumbs down, May, gonna keep watching. I've got a side. I've got a that ten o'clock. You're gonna have to see what what the third and fourth episodes have in store. Yeah, I, I honestly I didn't like the first episode very much. Um, the second episode I did like. Mm hmm. So I'm just gonna have to. See what where it goes. I'm not gonna not watch it, right? Because it's Wentworth Miller. Yes, and he's gonna be on every week. He is. <laughs> Bless him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What, you, what about you, Kim? Or did, I mean, you're you're not a, you're not much of a superhero fan. We kind of got I'm you hooked not, on Arrow. Yeah, you you totally got me hooked on Arrow. Um, I'm looking forward to getting hooked on Flash as well. I haven't seen any of that yet, but I want to. I haven't read the comics, so I don't know half of what you guys have been going back and forth about. <laughs> but I did not find it too hard to follow the characters. They, even even if each one got just a brief explanation. Mm. Oh, hey, we we join our powers and we become Firestorm. Okay, I, I get that. Um, and we argue. The only thing is, the only thing is, the premise of the show was focused on one villain. Mm-hmm. Now, you got to think that's kind of weak because their entire focus is going to be on stopping this one villain. And, you know, in order to keep a series going, they're never going to stop him. Right. Well, so yeah. unless they plan on moving on to other villains or other storylines at some point, in which case, ten thumbs up. Go for it. I thought the, the next season was going to be a different ensemble cast. I think, yeah, I think, um, I think they they've been thinking about doing Legends of Tomorrow as an anthology series. Okay, yeah. in in that case, go for it. Awesome. True Detective. Thumbs uh, up then. Right. But for now, until I see that, or until I see proof of it, 
I'm just going to do what Steve did and, like, that. And we're going to keep watching. I'm not going to not watch it. Yeah. You know what? They deliver a fun time. So that's good. Uh, I like that. I'm going to give it one of these. In fact... I'll give it to you. I'm going to give it one of these. Because, because one, it it's a lot of characters that uh, that I enjoyed seeing in in their respective other shows. For example, I love the guy that plays Martin Stein. I, his appearances on The Flash were just some of the, my favorite scenes. Just because I like that actor, I like I like him playing that character. Same with Wentworth Miller. Um, Katie Lotz is is kind of has always been interesting to me on Arrow. Ray Palmer is kind of interesting, even though they they screwed him up. And and yeah, I, it's that show has a lot of what I'm really looking for in 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 a superhero show. It's 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 fast paced. It moves. It's got a lot of visual. The characters are interacting, and because it's cool it's cool action, and because it's episodic, I mean we've we've established what issues the characters are going to have to deal through for the the heroic characters, and and the inevitable betrayal from Snart and and Heatwave. And it, and it's just a it's it's a fun ride. It's got that sci-fi concept. Everything's going to get bizarre and strange, and you know they're going to. One of the things that 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 appealed to me is that even though they technically won, and it was and it was a, still a pirate victory, but throughout the first two episodes. Which is both the episodes together are the pilot, so it's basically a pilot movie. The heroes technically lost. They weren't cohesive. They Ray Palmer almost screwed the timeline royally. Martin Stein almost screwed the timeline royally. They didn't even all want to be there. They didn't all want to be there. They lost one of the main members of the cast. So going into the rest of the show, these guys are kind of already at a low point as opposed to, say, the premiere of Arrow or the premiere of Flash where the show ended on a high point where the hero was victorious against their first adversary. I think you're probably going to see a lot more bickering mm -hmm. um, before they become a cohesive ass-kicking machine. Right. You'll see. Well, at least you'll now see. Now we have a common thread, though. At least now yeah. we have something in common. Right. Well, you'll, you'll see like the relationships see develop. Right. You're going to see that uh, that uh, Ray Palmer is going to be a little bit more. Um, Preachy when it comes to cold and heat wave, but from cold and heat, particularly from cold, that's an interesting relationship that they started. That, that those two are actually on rather amenable terms, right? Even though they're, I mean, they're, but that's like one of the main 
focuses of, of friction is Ray Palmer such a goody two shoes. Right. That he can't damn the fact that he has to be on the same team with criminals. Right. Because he got into this to fight criminals. Right. Right. But I think I think we're gonna see we're gonna see Ray Palmer learn from Captain Cold. I think uh, Captain Cold's exposure to Martin Stein and Ray Palmer is going to make him a much more dangerous villain. I think you're probably right on that. <clears throat> um, yeah, I, and it's going to be fun to see, you know, Jax and and Stein because we, they they were only in that one episode, The Fury of Firestorm, right? Well, on the Flash, and we're well, going to get to see their relationship. Well, it looks like they have a semi. They're frenemies. Right. But we're going to get to see them bond uh, emotionally. Because, right. I mean, that character is all about the bond. Right. And that's the thing, is if you have, like, such a huge cast, mm -hmm. if the characters don't grow through the course of the series, then it's not worth watching. Right. That's true. That's true. And, and, yeah, and I think there's a lot of potential to see these characters actually grow. And I would say the second thumbs up is for that potential, is that this this show can, can be something great and bring... Well, well, well they we can all go up from here. I mean, yeah, right. And bring these characters you know, you say that back now, into but. If you watch Jessica Jones, you can't go down. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, we should, at the end of the series, revisit the show and see if our predictions are correct, what we think of it at the end of it. Okay. All right. Yeah. That, that's fair. That's fair. Makes sense. We'll, we'll, sure. uh, at, the, at the end of this series, we will we'll, we'll come back and we'll do a sequel to this episode, Out of Our League Part 2. Um, and we'll we'll revisit out of our back to the miners. Back to the miners. Um, we'll call we'll we'll revisit the show and see if it lived up to the expectations. Tell you what, in fact, I'm going to say this right now. We will watch this episode before we do the sequel. Yeah. At the end of the series, we'll we'll sit down together, all three of us, listen to the audio, or probably listen to the audio. It'd be easier. Yeah. And we'll come back, and we'll see if our expectations at the beginning of this series match up with what we found at the end of the series. Fair enough. And and, and by then we should have some details to be hopeful for in the second season, if it comes to a second season. Right. Yes. So, uh, we've actually this... We've, Steve and I, we chewed yeah. up some Star Wars time on this one. <laughs> oh, well. Well, I mean, you and I, Steve, have been, we're excited for this show for That's months. That's true. Yes. So, I re distinctly remember calling it Legends of Awesomeness. <laughs> right. And me, I've just been, oh, hey, cool, something to watch. Awesome. Nice. <laughs> All right, so uh, 
yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna end it here. Um, let's see. Monday night we will we will we will be back. I you can tell I'm back because now Rodney's like getting all yeah. tongue tied. Yeah, you <laughs> you curse my tongue here, man. I don't think I had a single instance of being tongue tied. My mere presence. <laughs> Your presence throws. You have me the power. Your memory of me has driven Turner away from the school. <laughs> I'm, sh- I'm gonna shut off your camera. Uh, <laughs> Monday night, Monday night heroes will be back. We took a hiatus to do a play test of uh, a Delta Green scenario that's forthcoming. It was, it was fun. Yes. We are contractually obligated to do that be the only thing we can say. It was fun. <laughs> um, so we will have the... Uh, it was fun. Once the scenario is released, uh, we'll have we'll, we'll post up our playthrough of that, because we did record it. Yeah. Um, we're trying to get together to do the final part where we actually review the scenario as a group. Uh, so Monday Night Heroes will be back this Monday, where we'll be catching up with Eclipse Phase, Ozymandias, yes. written by our yep. good friend Wesley James Young. Professor Wes. Professor Wesley Young. We're gonna are we gonna start calling him the professor now? Sure, why not? Okay. So he's the professor and Nick is big deal. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to know what they call us. <laughs> <laughs> they call me Dick. <laughs> um so yeah, that's uh, that'll be Monday. We'll be we'll be back broadcasting live. Uh, Eclipse phase, the return of Chaz Kramer. Uh, Friday will be Friday Fun Guy again. I believe it's officially announced. You guys are doing the Shadows of Yog Sothoth. Correct. Adventure? Is it an adventure or a campaign? It's a campaign, man. Campaign. I have, I have. Hold on. My original copy of that. From the 80s. Oh, nice. Nice. Cool. So, yeah, that's uh, Friday Fun Guy. That'll be... It even smells like the 80s. It even smells like the 80s. I don't want to know. I have the copy that has all the mistakes in it. God, oh. I love the 80s. <laughs> and here's the, here's the cool part. Sorry. That guy right there, where are you? Right there? That is the first tattoo I ever got. Oh, sweet. Where is it? Oh, it's on the back of my calf. Oh. So, if James, if you're listening to this and you want some help, I'm totally available for you. <laughs> but you guys are doing it in the 90s, which... Yes. The dream of the 90s. Um, yeah, so that's Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. And Saturday, we'll... I just cannot talk today. Get it together, Rodney. Get it together. Next Saturday, we will be live again to discuss Key Conga. And I missed the best story in the series. I'm so pissed. Yeah. Yes. We, we, might, re- we might review that story just, just for you, Steve. Just for me. Thank you. Yeah. Don't don't think you're special. <laughs> don't listen to him. You're totally special. So once again, uh, don't forget uh, if you if you like what you hear, 
our bumbling and blathering on. Like and subscribe. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Mad Mikes. That's M A D M I C S. M A D M I C S. Capital M's. I don't think that matters, but. And. Um, it's a sign of respect. It matters. I suck at Twitter. <laughs> we'll talk to you guys later on. Say goodnight, Gracie. Good night, Gracie. Good night, Gracie. <laughs>